Nigel, thanks for coming on. No worries. Sorry, I had a bit of technical issue there, but we're here now. We certainly are. What did you think of? What did you think of the statement from Holly, whereby she was faking tears, and it's us versus them, and he's tricked all of us, and I'm with you. <laughs> uh, I, I think, considering the number of people who wrote it and uh, were involved in it, uh, it was um, it was definitely worthy of. Uh, it was the best performance you've done for for uh, acting. I think. Um, it was obvious that they didn't want to mention Phil. I think they finished f- mention feels funny without Phil. And then he lost all his pronouns and he became a they, someone, this, that, anything but Phil. Um, I mean, for, for me, the whole thing was summed up. It's not about Philip Schofield and it's not about uh, Holly Willoughby, actually. The whole thing of this, for me, was summed up by Marty Frizzell yesterday when he was quizzed about serious safeguarding issues, you know, there's this kid who was involved with, with Schofield. Now, if everyone in television got sacked for having an affair with someone and lying about it, then there'd be no one in television or newspapers. You know, so clearly there was more uh, beneath the surface going on than an affair, even if you lie about it. I mean, losing your job, because of that, just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And there, there, there seems to be so many uh, parts of the jigsaw that we are not getting. We've we've dropped under the settee, and we can't quite find them to, to fill the puzzle. But Martin Frizzell was questioned on Sky News yesterday as he left his house uh, about the toxicity behind the scenes. Because let's face it, Everything's been a happy family at this morning, but we all know those of us who've been involved in television know that it's not a happy family. It hasn't been a happy family for years. It wasn't even a happy family when GMTV was running because Eamon Holmes and Anthea Turner, GMTV briefed against her all the time. I know because I wrote the story saying she was Princess Tippy Toes. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a toxic environment and it's top down. But what the guy said yesterday when he was quizzed about bullying, safeguarding the toxic environment, he just joked about, I don't like aubergines. Now, that may be a funny joke, but that's got more serious because it's now gone into the uh, media committee today in the, House of Parliament, in, 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 the House, in the House of Commons. And an MP, John Nicholson, who worked in television, actually, and worked in radio, he worked for, for talk radio, um, he, he questioned an ITV executive called Marcus. I can't remember his top of the head, off the top of the name, off the top of my head. He was quizzed and said, do you think that was acceptable? And he said no. And he also said it was very ill-advised. Now, I think that is quite significant. And I think there will be heads rolling over the Schofield thing. Schofield needs to keep keep his head away from all this. Pose his pictures, which he did at the weekend. He tipped, the, the photographers were tipped off by someone that he was cuddling his mum. Let's face it, nothing happens by accident in showbiz. And... He got his point across. Holly borrowed the acting of Jennifer Aniston from the morning show in America, uh, where she had to explain away how her co-host had been fired for Me Too and sexual harassment issues. And did are you okay? Oh, you know. So it it wasn't even a family. When, When Richard and Judy, they were married. They were a married couple. And ever since they left, they've been trying to recreate this married couple thing. My television husband. You know, yesterday, 
Holly said to uh, Josie Gibson, thanks for being here. She's on a 500 grand a year contract. What's she going to do? She's not going to turn up. She's only, only going to, look, I'm not really working today, Holly. I've just popped in to the studio to support you while you write this speech and read it off the auto cue and clutch an onion. I mean, she, she basically did put the knife into Philip Schofield. If Philip Schofield's body in television was going to come back, they did a good job of trampling all over it yesterday and sticking, you know, the old uh, stake through the heart and, and, and putting um, garlic around it. It's um, it's sad. I mean, his career went in 16 days. Now, if it's what we've heard, he went from a couple of million quid a year being a, a hero to 600,000 or a million people who watched this morning and was one of the highest profile stars. If there was a an award ceremony or dancing on ice, Gopher will be there. You know, and he's been around ever since he was 16 or 17. Um, possibly living a lie, but he's not the only one to have lived a lie. But to lose, I, I couldn't think of a, a bigger uh, living uh, fall from grace. We, we mentioned Barrymore. Barrymore was slightly different because there was obviously, you know, someone someone was allegedly, well, someone died in, a, in the swimming pool. Slightly different circumstances. But Schofield's fall from grace is, is staggering. But he, his fall from grace has also gone with ITV losing loads of money off their share price in a month, you know, the 20, 30p. And it's also lost advertising. It's lost sponsors. It's losing viewers. Now, that's where it becomes serious. And, and some of your viewers and some people I've seen on social media have said, what's it matter? It's just about a, a television personality falling out. This is the very fabric. ITV used to be the trusted station of the working class. My grand and granddad used to watch the wrestling. Dickie Davis down the Saturday afternoon sport had wrestling and various sort of working class pursuits. And grandstand was the middle class sort of rugby and all the other stuff going on there. It's always had the trust of the working person. And it showed this contempt for ordinary people with how it's actually acted over Schofield. Powerful people have treated the runners, they've treated the, the ordinary staff of this morning, if you believe ex-members of staff, and I know, know a couple of people who work at this morning, so <laughs> I know, or have worked at this morning, I should say, and I know that what you see on television isn't always what you get. It's it's a scripted reality show. It's it's a, Everything is honed. Nothing is done by accident. Everything is worked out, even the little laughs and things when they're talking to the chef, nothing is under, you know, nothing is not rehearsed in it. So what you see isn't what you get. And Holly and, Te uh, and, uh, and Phil, uh, you know, a gay man who was married and, and Holly who's married to a guy who works at the BBC. Uh, so, you know, they, they were trying to enact this great friendship that was a TV marriage. Well, that's sort of based on ridiculousness anyway, isn't it, when you think about it. Um, but the fallout... How, again, we go back, uh, Sean, to how it came to that speech yesterday where they couldn't even name this person who left the show only a, only a week ago, couldn't even name him apart from once. And then he lied to us. I mean, is he the first person who's lied? I seem to remember politicians lying about COVID. I mean, it seemed to remember politicians lying about um, weapons of mass destruction. You know, they're, they're still wandering around and they're still <laughs> in jobs and making lots of money and we see them on podcasts and things. I just don't... And 
you know, I don't understand what Schofield has done that has made him such a pariah, unless we're not being told the whole story. Because it, on the surface, and it's not about homophobia or anything else, because I personally don't give a toss what he, what he was up to, and I don't think most people care. It's, it's none of our business. But when, you've, when, when what you've done has wrecked a programme, and I don't think that's gonna, it's ever going to survive this, it's wrecked a share price, it's wrecked out. And you wait until next week when the culture committee meets and, and Carolyn McCall is on 3.4 million and has seen the ITV share price drop 58% in the years that she's been in charge and has seen Jeremy Kyle go, Piers Morgan go. She's seen Love Island. She's Caroline Flack, sadly, um, you know, committee, you know, died, well, killed herself. She's seen three Love Island contestants die in tragic circumstances and the guy who's on Jeremy Kyle. So she's going to get pinned next week about the culture of ITV. And when she goes in front of the MPs, and it was only a warm-up today, when she sits in front of them, there are at least two or three, I think, ITV executives who are going to be cleaned out. I think the stable is going to be cleaned, as someone once said, and I think the broom's going to be out there. And we're going Good. to see it. And, and quite needed. Because if my kid, uh, who works in that industry and, and has worked as a runner, if he was working at this morning, would I feel safe with him in there? Not not on a, is he going to get picked up by a bloke or whatever? But would you feel safe that he was not being, or she, was not being bullied? Dare speak to her bosses? Because looking at Martin Frizzell yesterday, leaving his house, and that young Sky News female reporter, who he was really, really aggressive towards, do you? Do you? Imagine that was your daughter who was a runner and had issues. Do you think she'd want to go to him to say, I've got a problem. I don't think so. And I think that's the problem with ITV. Well said, Nigel. And we did a documentary about Savile and we researched oh, you know, his, le his legal strategies. <laughs> we, we researched his legal strategies and we've seen some parallels with Schofield being very aggressive behind the scenes with his legal strategies. What do you see were the roles of NDAs, super injunctions, crisis management teams in the Schofield situation? Well, crisis management I know a little bit about because I've done some of it and I know the strategy that uh, Schofield was doing. I thought it was a bit weird, vaping and, uh, you know. There's a, there's a media lawyer called Jonathan Code who cropped up today uh, outside Prince Harry's court case who's representing Philip Schofield. He was the one who tipped off uh, the sun and set up the interview. So he's got a very strange role going on there. I thought it was weird that he was on Sky News while allegedly also representing Prince Harry, but hey, that's television. Um, Savile, I interviewed Jimmy Savile a couple of times. I shook his hand, and um, which was cold and clammy, if I'm, if I'm honest. And he was an amazing, amazing man because I was working at the Mirror at the time. And, uh, and I was just going down about, I don't know, some television thing he was doing. And he was all friendly and, uh, ah, Mr. Mirrorman, uh, you're here to stitch me up. You're going to talk about, and he mentioned the, the allegations and the rumours that were well known even then. And he said, if you print one word of that, I've got really powerful lawyers and we'll sue you so badly. You'll never, you'll, you won't have a house over your head. Now then, what are we going to talk about? That's the power that they had. And people say, well, you knew that. Why, why didn't you print stuff about Savile? Because unlike social media, newspapers, even 20, 30 years ago, you know, we have lawyers and it's no good saying we think Jimmy Savile X. 
without any sort of proof. And the basic fact is there was no proof. There was no proof because no one dare had come forward. And as, as has been seen, victims that did come forward to the BBC and to other people were ignored. And they were, they were sadly people from uh, an area of life whose views weren't taken into account at that time. They were either waifs, strays, people in homes, you know, people who just didn't really exist in, in the eyes of the powerful. And that's how Savile uh, got away with it. Quite shocking. I mean, when you look at it now, Sean, it was hidden in plain sight. There's a weirdo with peroxide hair, jangly chains and some glittery gold um, tracksuit with a Love Shack van that used to drive around. The Remember, we used to do a Sunday lunchtime program, Savile's Travels. Well, they had the Love Shack. What more do you need to say? <laughs> it was a different world. The 70s is so weird. You look at our childhoods have all been absolutely devastated by Rolf Harris. You know, we all saw Rolf Harris, didgeridoo, Timey to Kangaroo Down Sport, Jake the Peg. What was going Stuart Hall and it's a knockout. This was all going on. At the Gary beach. Glitter. Well, can we ever play? I mean, I used to love that record. I mean, it's, you know, I work on a radio station. <laughs> Be very brave men to shove on rock and roll part <laughs> two. And uh, I probably wouldn't get to the end of it before I was marched out. But it's, it's sad, but when you look at it, the public were fooled. The public were taken for fools, and I'm not sure, you know, you, you'll have the conspiracy theories. I'm just an old journalist, and, and I chat about it. I'll let, leave you to, to have the conspiracy theories of what went on. But I would say that the idea that a bloke who's a DJ on the, on the television can have the keys to Broadmoor Prison, uh, Broadmoor Hospital, would seem to me to have should have struck a few alarm bells somewhere. I don't know. You know, he used to say, I've got the keys to this place. We all assumed that he was officially there. The guy just used to walk up and wander around. You know, that that is the staggering reality of life in the 1970s England uh, and Britain. And we're falling about it. If you recall, when he died, he did have uh, a big ceremony and he did have a place, I think it was a Scarborough, where he was where he was buried, a big sort of tomb thing. And within days, everything fell about. But equally, the BBC tried to stop its own Newsnight programme doing the investigation, which broke it, because it would ruin the tribute to Jimmy Savile. They had serious allegations and proof that he was one of the worst sex offenders in television, you know, in television history, well, any, you know, over 40 or 50 years. And BBC bosses actually conspired to stop that going out that's how bad it is and that's why the bbc has issues and i fear i don't think schofield's anywhere near and i don't want to get sued nowhere near that we're not saying that schofield is anything like savile but but the practices within that program not just involving him and not just involving that program but on itv there's a similar pattern there and that's what's wrong that it's a top-down organization that the very top presenters are very powerful they have a, a right to say i don't like that person they're fired and executives count out to that rather than safeguarding the the lower uh, workers who who are basically cannon fodder and that's wrong because that breeds bullying it breeds contempt and it breeds a toxic culture 
What do you think of the BBC having this dramatisation, The Reckoning, coming out then? Are they monetizing their own scandal? Um, I, I think it's misguided. I, I don't think it's illegal, but it's, uh, it doesn't, it's unwise. That would be my... Uh, to, quote, uh, to quote Schofield. I mean, Steve Coogan, I mean, he's, he's a good... I mean, do we really need to see Savile on the television? Was it not horrific enough that we saw... I mean, weirdly, it, I'll tell you how weird it is. I, mean, I first met Max Clifford, and he, he, he's someone who... who uh, and I thought he was a bit odd when I first met him because we, we, we were just doing a launch and he invited me to a, to a nightclub in, in Croydon and said, oh, there's an orgy afterwards. So I thought, well, I'm just a young journalist. What, what's he on about? You know, a bit strange. Didn't go to the, didn't go there. Uh, I also did, he was doing Jay Goody. And, and when we phoned him up from the tape paper I was working on, every phone call was a thousand pounds when she was dying, if you remember she had cancer. And every every phone call, every story, and we went on for weeks, uh, was a thousand pounds, right? So we had the bill we we put over was a check for ninety thousand pounds. So that's how many stories came. We thought going to Jay Goody's family and to the trip and to the foundation to um, keep her kids. You know, she had two young kids. So she died. You know. Anyway, we sent the check to the. <laughs> The editor sent the check for ninety grand to the Jay Goody Foundation, mm. and I got a phone call from uh, from the late Max Clifford saying, "What are you doing? It's writing the check to the... it should be made to Max Clifford." <laughs> Seriously, I kid you not. So that's and and it, we said that when he was alive. So I know you can't sue, but the dead can't sue. But that is one hundred percent fact. That's a, so. That's what you're dealing with. However. When he was in uh, Little Hay Prison, which is only about 10 miles from where I'm, I'm talking to you now, uh, he, sent me Chris he used to send me Christmas cards every year uh, when he was still uh, you know, dealing with Simon Cowell. Well, he wasn't officially representing Simon Cowell. Um, he used to send Christmas cards. And even when he was in prison, the last two years before he died, he sent me Christmas cards. And it was like one of those things that it's like, should you keep that as some sort of for the uh, weird, you know, what... But that's what I'm saying. There, there was. It's hard to deal with monsters because monsters and bad people don't have I'm monster on their head. They can be quite plausible. We just thought again. My, you know, my radar came up that Max Clifford was a bit odd, but then he's dealing with Simon Cowell. And, you know, and Simon Cowell, well, you, you can't upset Simon Cowell. He's dealing with Jay Goody. He's dealing. You can't afford to upset these people if, if, if you're a newspaper. So, again. That's again the power dynamic that happens. That how the public get fooled by whatever's going on in in the world, because a the media needs to be fed by these people, and b people don't really look too deeply in. They don't scratch the surface of people like Max Clifford and Jimmy Savile. It's not necessarily because they're worried about what's underneath. That comes later. It's because it's not in their interest to do so. Because if you do that, it opens up lots of stuff. Love your perspective, Nigel. We've run out of time. Matthew Steeples is about to come in at seven, but would love to do something no with you in the future. Can you tell the viewers where they can find you and support you and follow you? Well, it's uh, Nigel Pauly at Twitter, or at Nigel Pauly on Twitter. Uh, I'm, uh, I, I do DJ at the Black Hat Radio, uh, 105.2 FM, smart speaker and app, on a Tuesday, a Tuesday, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I sort of pop up on LBC, GB News, uh, Kevin O'Sullivan show on Talk Radio, 
and um well yeah anywhere that needs someone to talk for a few minutes really on any old subject well we really appreciate right. you spending time with us today nigel well, thank yeah, you it'd be great to speak to, you know i've enjoyed it i mean it's it's interesting the world of show business is is not what you see and i've been i, I, I first went to fleet street in 1991 and worked for 25 years at express newspapers and mirror group and various others and uh have seen quite a lot over the years and uh there you go. There's more to come. All right. Cheers, Nigel. Thanks, Have a great rest of your day. Thank right, you. Cheers. cheers. Thanks, cheers. Mate. Cheers. Bye.